You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to episode number 14. I just want to remind you that when this airs, the enrollment will still be open for my 12-week course, Quit Your Burnout, Not Your Job. So if you're on the fence, go and check out the details on my website, coach-miles.com, because you're not going to want to miss out on this. We're going to tackle topics just like the topic today, which is people-pleasing. And then we're also going to tackle other topics, you know, related to work, uh, relationships, life, all the things. So not only are we going to change our lives in 12 weeks, we're going to have so, so much fun. And I just can't wait to get started. I am so excited, y'all. I know that um, the ladies I've got signed up so far, I know they're probably really excited too. And so there are still a few spots left. So go check it out. If you um, are you know, not interested in taking the course yet, you can still find lots of free resources over on my website, coach-miles.com under the free resource tab. And I hope that you'll keep following along with us because I'm truly here to serve all the OBGYNs I can. And I'm so glad to have you along, OBGYN or not. Okay, well, let's get started. Okay, today we are going to talk about one of the things that really contributes to burnout for many of my clients. And it definitely affected my burnout. And this is the concept of people pleasing. I think that many high achieving people are people pleasers. And, you know, for the most part, it has served a lot of us well to achieve a lot of the things in our lives. But I want to discuss today how it may not be serving you, just like I found out it wasn't always serving me. And, you know, for people that are still new on this journey, you may not identify with that word, people pleaser. You may just think, yeah, I'm just laid back. I like to go with the flow. I just want everybody around me to be happy. I just want everybody else to be happy. I'm, you know, I'm not too worried about it, which is how I used to be. I used to think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just even keel. I don't have... I don't really have strong opinions. That's what I used to think. But, you know, and this sounds really nice, right? They're really nice thoughts. The motive around this is really nice sounding. Like, yeah, I just want everybody else to be happy, right? But what often happens is we end up neglecting ourselves and our true selves and what we truly want um, and our opinions. So there are other ways that people pleasing can show up. And often people pleasing can look like, you know, anything from, Pretending to agree with everyone, like if we're trying to decide where you guys want to go out to eat and you just kind of don't have an opinion, you say, oh, yeah, that, that, that'd be fine. That sounds good. I love Chick-fil-A, you know, but maybe you were thinking you wanted something else. You didn't speak up. OK, that's like definitely a, a way I used to people please. My husband would ask me, where do you want to go eat? And I'm like, oh, just wherever you want to eat. <laughs> and so that's a very simple form, but it shows up in so many ways. Another way people-pleasing can show up is feeling responsible for how other people feel. Like you feel bad that someone else is upset, so you try and make them happy because you feel like it's like your job to help others be happy. It can look like apologizing often. And so many of us are guilty of this. (laughs) I know I was. Um, and, And I think women in general often we find ourselves kind of apologizing and and um, maybe even feeling uncomfortable if someone is angry at us or upset with us. But what happens is that people pleasers or recovering people pleasers like myself, we don't always want to admit when we're upset and we will go to great lengths to avoid conflict. It can also show up like not being able to say no 
And then you turn around and feel resentful or burdened by all the things that you've said yes to. That, of course, you agreed to, yeah, but you don't actually want to do them because you were people-pleasing whenever you agreed. Sometimes it looks like acting like the people around you to fit in or kind of go with the flow or not cause a wave. And, you know, there's many other, you know, variations of this, but most people don't usually realize that they do this. I definitely didn't realize I was doing this for a long time, (laughs) my whole life, really. And I'm still a recovering people pleaser. It's a daily thing that I'm working on right now. And what often can come with this, too, that I didn't realize is a sense of low self-esteem, the need for overachievement, the strong need for control, kind of that type A personality, perfectionist uh, personality. Those things all kind of feed into this or are related. And I know a lot of my OBGYN peeps out there probably fit in these categories too. So I imagine I am not the only recovering people pleaser out there. And so what I would used to do, I guess, what I used to do is that I would agree to anything I was asked to do at work because I told myself, well, that's what a good team member would do, right? That's what a good teammate would do, right? And that sounds like a really great thought. So serving and so nice. But what would happen is I would commit to all the things, the committees, the projects, the snacks for the party at school. I would take on more complex cases than I wanted. If another doctor called me and asked a favor, I wouldn't have any boundaries. I say, of course, of course, I'll add this patient on, um, even though I'm booked out for four months. You know, of course I will. Yes. The answer is always yes. Right. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even consider any of the the ramifications of saying yes to all these things. I would just say yes because I wanted people to be happy with me. I also would agree to things because I didn't want to seem mean, right? I don't know if any of you out there have ever been scared of being mean. Oftentimes we're worried that we'll be seen as a bitch, right? Especially in medicine, you know, as women, we are still, you know, fairly new to the workforce, especially in medicine. And as much as I hate to admit that, you know, but honestly, we have a different set of challenges at times than men. And I do think that that is one of them is getting along with, um, you know, kind of our, our peers, almost uh, peer aged women, um, which are nurses, but being in a leadership role, which is tough sometimes. We don't always know how to fit in, even if we want to. We want to be nice so so everybody likes us. We want to be respected, like the guy docs, you know. Um, and and we don't want to be mean. We don't want to be a bitch, you know. And so oftentimes we won't even, you know, set any limits or boundaries, um, or we we will just agree to everything and say yes to everything and be nice to everybody in a way that doesn't does it help other people? And it definitely doesn't hurt us or help us. So essentially what I found is that this usually comes down to being afraid of rejection. And we're doing all of these things to seek approval from others. Because if, if other people are happy, I won't be rejected. And if I'm nice and I do things to make other people happy, then I can be happy, right? That sounds nice. Sounds like it, it kind of works, right? <laughs> I know that I used to really get derailed by negative patient reviews 
and I would be really preoccupied by what, you know, patients thought of me. And I, I would really let that drive my choices, uh, which, you know, is, is not serving me and it's not doing good for the patient either. I've even had clients that say that, you know, they've operated on people that they didn't really want to operate on, or they didn't think really needed an operation, or, you know, maybe they shouldn't have operated on because the patient was too sick for um, their, their size of hospital or something like that. But they wanted to do that so that the patient, you know, thought highly of them. And so what I realized that I wasn't doing whenever I was doing all of this people pleasing was taking care of me. I didn't even know what that looked like. I used to think that, well, I'm not as important as other people. Like I, I seriously had that thought so many times, like others are more important than me. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what other people think. And I also found that I, I couldn't make a decision at times because I didn't want to rock the boat. I just wanted everybody else to be happy. I never would think about what would make me happy. And I don't even know that I could answer what I wanted whenever my whenever my life coach asked me to make a list of 20 thing, you know, 20 things or 25 things I wanted in life. I didn't know at first. I think that I was too busy taking care of everybody else's needs and trying to make everybody else happy that I honestly didn't know what I wanted in life or what I wanted for happiness. You know, what what can make me happy? What do I want to to strive for? Now, what people-pleasing assumes is this. It assumes that we have the power to control other people's emotions, which we don't ever have the power to do, ever. I don't have the power to make someone else happy, ever. What this also means, though, is that I also don't have the power to make someone else unhappy, which might be hard to accept at first, but think about it. Our thoughts create our feelings, right? We use our thoughts, our brains, generate interpretations of our surroundings, our circumstances or our surroundings, and we see something or interact with someone, our brain interprets that, that generates a feeling, okay? So we have a thought that leads to a feeling. So if someone else is unhappy, it is always because of their thoughts, not because of me. It's about them and their thoughts, 100%. This also means that the concept of being able to hurt someone's feelings is not possible, (laughs) which is great news because I know we were all raised to think we need to be nice so we don't hurt other people's feelings. But kind of like we talked about in episode 12, if you haven't listened to that one, go back. It's a really important one. Some of the things we talked about with emotional adulthood is that I am 100% in charge of my feelings and you are 100% in charge of your feelings because we both generate our feelings with our thoughts, okay? And so I cannot create someone else's feelings, no matter what they tell me, no matter if they say I'm hurting their feelings, they are interpreting what I'm telling them as, you know, hurting their feelings, Okay, so if that is true, then why am I trying so hard to make people happy, (laughs) right? How many times have you seen this at work where you spend nine months taking care of someone, maybe explaining all the things, taking really special care, extra time to reassure a patient, 
really trying to make her experience a good one. And then the next pregnancy, maybe she switches to go see her partner, right? This feels really awful to some doctors. But think about it. It's not about us. We can do our very best and someone else can still have thoughts about us that are negative. Or maybe it's not about us at all. Maybe she didn't like the way your office was decorated. Maybe she, you know, didn't like the front desk staff. Maybe she likes the other office better because they have, you know, I don't even know what, cloth gowns. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Who knows what she is thinking? We do not know. And we cannot control her thoughts ever. We don't have mind control powers, right? (laughs) So this is great news, y'all, because that means we don't have to try so hard to please people. We don't have to please people to be happy. Our feelings come 100% from within us and our interpretation of the world, right? From our thoughts. And so if we interpret the world as freaking awesome, then guess what? We're going to feel freaking awesome, okay? Or some feeling that's associated with that. So (laughs) another example of this, I want you to kind of think through, like if we really break this down, we can be the most beautiful pink fragrant rose in the garden and someone can look at the rose and not like it right maybe that person likes daisies it does not mean that the rose is no good it doesn't mean that the rose needs to try to be more like the daisies to fit in (laughs) have you ever tried to be more like a daisy (laughs) it does not mean that the rose needs to oversell itself and really try to prove that it's better than the daisies It's not required. The person has thoughts about roses not being their favorite, but that doesn't make the rose any less wonderful. The rose doesn't need to prove anything to anyone about how wonderful it is because it just is, right? And that same very concept is so true about you, friend. It is. You are wonderful how you are. You are the most beautiful rose in the garden. You know what? Some people don't like roses. They like daisies. So don't try and be like the daisies. All right. (laughs) So how do we start really noticing this? Okay. How do we start really working on this? How do we start processing this? How do we, you know, I'm not going to say fix ourselves, but I'm going to say like, how do we get out of this pattern that we're in? Okay. First, I want you to always, number one, start being aware, start noticing if you do this, where does this show up for you? And then start asking yourself, you know, what, what would be so bad about someone being mad at me? What would be so bad about someone not liking me? What about this feels so bad and why? Ask yourself these questions, okay? Of course it feels bad to be rejected, right? Our primitive brains fear rejection. If we are rejected as a cave woman, we are kicked out of the herd, <laughs> Us humans are herd animals, okay? Tribe animals, herd animals, something like that. If we are kicked out of the herd, the lion gets to eat us, right? We don't we don't have that protection in numbers. Our primitive brain has this primal fear that rejection equals danger and death. So of course it feels bad to feel rejection. Of course, but that is all it is. It's just a feeling. And sitting with it and practicing it and learning to feel it is a part of this work. And so I want you to kind of imagine, though, if you 
could do anything in life and you weren't afraid of rejection, how much could you accomplish? Like what awesome things could you do? What, what thing, like think about this. I want you to like daydream like you did when you were a kid. If no one in the world would reject you, what would you go do? Right? Think about that. Because you don't have to, you know, get all scared of the rejection every time it happens. Sit with it. Be with it. Practice feeling it. Is step, step two, I guess. Step one is noticing it. Okay? Where does this show up in your life? What would be so bad if someone didn't like you? And remember, you know, you're still that, that perfect rose, right? Some people like daisies, right? So the last thing I want to leave you with is that, you know, whenever we are living authentically and we aren't pleasing others to try and change their feelings, you don't, you know, you're not changing your life. You're not changing your actions to try and make other people happy. So you're more authentic. You're true to your values. You're actually truthful to yourself and to your others. And it's an ongoing thing, but having that, that sense of love for yourself and for others, just for being humans really makes a difference in that. And so I want you to, you know, start practicing this, have some grace for yourself. Whenever you notice that you want to say yes, maybe just hit the pause button and think about, you know, do I have room on my calendar? Am I doing that, you know, for the reasons I like, you know, or, or am I doing that to try and change how someone else feels? Okay. Start noticing this friends. And I guarantee you it's going to make all the difference. Okay. If you have questions about this, or if I could help you work through specific examples, head on over to Instagram and find me. Okay. Coach Miles MD, send me a message, comment on my post. Okay. If I can help you work through some specific examples, please let me know. As always, I hope you guys have a great week and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on the Happy Gynecologist. If you have questions or comments, head on over to my website, coach-miles.com or follow me on Instagram at coachmilesmd. I'd also love it if you left me a review on iTunes. See you next week.